Hi everyone, and welcome to Play on K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this is the show where we take a K drama and we watch it four episodes at a time, and then we get together here to talk all about it. Yeah, this week we are doing episodes nine through twelve of <laughs> Hotel de Luna. I forget its name every, every week. Every week. <laughs> at least you're consistent. Yeah. Okay, so this K-drama has been consistently very, very, very good, but there are a couple of fun loopholes that I want to, uh, loopholes? I don't know, exceptions to that? I don't know. That makes it sound like I didn't enjoy them thoroughly, but (laughs) there's a couple of interesting things they've decided to do with this K-drama. Um, I do want to talk really quick, just like jumping pretty close to the end, about putting a murder room behind a thin curtain. What what was that? Um, <laughs> he got so nervous about Homeboy going into his room, and I was like, isn't that like the VIP room? Like, it's just behind a curtain. Don't guess, go, like, go in there. Like, people clearly can go in there. It's just a curtain. So, yeah, I don't... I don't know. Maybe the point was that, like, the wine bottles were, like, distributed kind of secretly around the room, so nobody would know that there were wine bottles full of blood back there. But okay, let's, uh, let's hear the second point. I, I hear you on that one. Yeah, yeah. Can you hear the dogs playing directly outside of my room? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. <laughs> okay, um... Sorry, I'm completely stalled. Just like righteous fury with my dog right now. I'm so sorry. I just <laughs> spent the last hour being such a terrorist. And then I let him out and he continues. He finds a way. <laughs> oh, I'm so sad for you. <laughs> it's okay. It's fine. Um, the other thing that I definitely wanted to talk about was the fact that we have a teenager in love with a 70-year-old ghost. And they they did a kiss. They did a kiss. They did a kiss. They finally did a kiss. If they're going to go for this storyline, let's go all the way. And that's what they said in, in these episodes. And, you know, I'm on board. I have not yet figured out the name of the books with the medium and the cowboy ghost, but... That's what we're doing with this show, and I guess I'm on board. <laughs> yeah, I guess everyone can just be in a really poorly inadvisable love affair. I don't know. It's fine. I'm just very... the. I don't have younger siblings. I don't know where this protectiveness comes from. I see a teenager <laughs> making choices like that, and I'm like, girl, you are so young. Live your life. Don't fall in love with a ghost. He tried his half best to give her a chance to get away. He gave it a solid 20 seconds between saying no and then kissing her on her face. (laughs) You tried, I guess. Yeah, (laughs) all these love storylines are real bummers in every different conceivable way. Even we got, like, a hint of a good relationship with Mira. And Detective Park. Those are their names. I cannot remember yes. them. 
<laughs> and I feel like they're doing like a such a such a side story, like so far away that we can't see them. Like they're too far in the distance to really clearly see what's going on over there. But they're fighting a lot. They're having a yep. weird like. It's funny that they're fighting because they were like enemies in a past life, and you're like, I get that, but can they just be cute for another minute? Yeah, it's concerning, and actually, the deeper we get into this conversation, the more I'm realizing that this show kind of seems to hate love. <laughs> but it it loves just uh, heartbreak, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, the pain that comes with love. Now I'm going back through, and I'm thinking about all of the love stories in this show, and how none of them have gone well for anyone involved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. I mean, we should have known, like, episode one was a father selling his son so that the son wouldn't have to grow up alone. And you're like, is selling him into slavery the best solution, I guess? Uh, so we knew from the jump that this was not going to be happy love stories. But yeah, real bummer about Veronica. We had something there. Yeah, sorry, Sanchez. Uh, you get... Uh, you went from being comic relief, good time, fun side character to absolutely heartbreaking best friend who lost the love of his life character in one episode. In one episode. And now your role is to help us, help Manuel deal with her feelings for Chansang. Sorry about it. We thought that we could focus on you for half a second, but Manuel did not, consistent to her character. She was like, this seems like a situation that's about me more than anything. And what a disappointing turnout that was. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It is rough because I genuinely like Manuel's character so much. Every once in a while, I do want her to do the right thing or a good thing or be slightly better than completely self-interested. She can't. She can't do it. She physically cannot be a good person for one second. And as I said, at least they're consistent with it. But what a bummer. What a big bummer. Do I have to be mad at her all the time? Am I supposed Mm. to be disappointed by half of her actions? Yeah. I mean... It's good character writing for sure, and I think she's one of the most interesting characters that we've seen in a K-drama. At least I'm very interested by her. I like when she's on the screen. The actress that plays her, whose name I did not look up. I think it's just IU, but that uh, obviously is her stage name. Mm -hmm. Uh, IU is incredibly talented. She plays a person who can go from petulant to badass in 20 seconds so well. I love her. I really do. I love her. But at the same time, you do want, sometimes you do want a character that you feel maybe isn't a terrible person. Or, you know, I wish I was more convinced by their love story. I wish I felt their love a little bit more. I was thinking that I really enjoy watching a drama where the main characters have this love story that's like, they butt heads a lot. Like I think he keeps her in check. And she keeps him in check, but they also, like, protect each other and have each other's backs very consistently. And it's it's very different than a very lovey-dovey story, the type that we see more often. But it's definitely hard to watch. It's different, it's interesting, and I'm enjoying it. But sometimes their scenes come off as 
so business-like that it seems like they don't even like each other. Yeah, and then he sometimes tries to bring it back, and I half believe it for a minute. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if there's ever a point where I've completely bought into the fact that they're in love and not just have some amount of affection for each other. Because I do, I do feel their affection. Yeah. I think they care, but I, I feel like it's supposed to be this great love already, and I still feel like we're in the buildup of it, but it, we're not supposed to be anymore. It's like episode 12. Yeah. And even uh, there was a scene, I think in episode 11, where they went out to eat rice, uh, rice ball soup, and it was adorable. They had a normal date where all their back and forth banter was like, on point. They were so cute having a good time. And I felt like we were supposed to have that moment so much earlier in the drama. It's episode 11. We're on the downhill slide. We're coming, we're sliding to home base. And now you guys are dating. I know we weren't, like you said, we weren't going to have a normal, typical love story. This is supposed to be a love story for the times. It redefines a generation, but I'm just not there yet. Yep. I don't feel it. And I feel like I'm supposed to because I there's so much going on and so much revolves around the devastation that their relationship is going to wreak when like she finally passes on or whatever the climax of this show is. I feel like we're supposed to feel a certain level of devastation for their relationship. And at this point, I feel like both of them could walk. I feel like if either of them walked away, it would not really, it would be a bummer, but it doesn't feel like it would be devastating for me, at yeah. least me on the outside of the relationship. <laughs> but even them, kind of like you said, it felt like they would be devastated. And they're especially, I know that they're staying kind of distant from each other because of that. They're trying not to fall in love because they know the devastation is coming and mostly it's going to affect Chansung. He'll be the one left behind. But it feels like too much distance. Yeah. We're just killing the buildup. And like you said, I feel like he's going to be devastated in the way you are when you lose a friend or when you lose a family member even. Like, they're very close. But are they the greatest love story of all time? I don't think so yet. <laughs> Maybe we'll get there. Maybe we'll get there. I still feel the devastation they were able to set up with the betrayal of her past love so much more poignantly as well. That's I guess. Fair. I think, I don't know if I romanticized it or if I if they really did just do that good of a job of setting up that love story, but I really felt it, like, when he betrayed her, and I still, I don't know, I guess I still think about those two as the ones in love, which is going to be tricky when <laughs> uh, that little firefly becomes a ghost person. Ooh, yeah. Like you said, I'm not sure what the difference was, where we have so many fewer scenes with her ex-love Chung Young, I think his name is, and the betrayal storyline. You're so much more hooked on that so much more quickly and without all these scenes that Chan Sung and Manuel have in the present, but somehow you feel it so much more deeply. And I mm -hmm. don't know where that disconnect comes from. Yeah. But it's there. <laughs> Sorry, Chan Sung. Yeah. We're trying. 
We're trying. I feel like his love is more believable than hers. I'll say it. I believe his love more than I believe hers. For sure. And I think consistent with uh, how she was kind of a boring character at the top of the show, and then she got deeper and deeper as we went in, It's there's definitely that lurking feeling of her protecting herself and protecting Chan Sung by not wanting to fall in love, but she's just doing too good a job at it, and she's definitely not falling in love with him. Yeah. So, could we stop that? Yeah, go ahead and fall in love. I'm I'm ready to be hurt. I'm ready to be broken. Please, <laughs> you gotta you gotta make something for me to break it. Yep. Uh, but we haven't made anything yet. That's cool. No, we've got stuff. Uh, there was a real good kiss scene at the end of episode twelve. Yeah, it was my first for real one, kiss. Was super so. distracted by the crickets or cicadas. There was a lot of tripping in the background, and they did a really good job quieting it between the lines of dialogue, but then whenever they'd speak, the chirping would get really loud. (laughs) Fuck those crickets. (laughs) You're messing up. I can't concentrate. I can't read and listen to the crickets. I don't know why. Hey, crickets, this is a big budget K-drama. Could you chill for like two minutes? Turns out you can't buy crickets. You can't, can't buy crickets. Yep. Can't get them out of there. No money in this world. No. Um, so that's my bad, I think. We're supposed to be really invested by that scene. But we have a couple other very romantic scenes that end in hugs. And I'm sorry if I'm a pervert for being like, hugs are overrated and... That's not what I want at the climax of a romantic scene. Sorry. If you're not going to kiss, get off of my K-drama. This is 2019. You're two adults. One's very much an adult. She's Mm -hmm. over a thousand years old, and she's like, I just needed a good, good hug right now. Yep. What? Make out right now. Make out right now. You guys keep flirting and joking about it. You had this whole adorable scene where he's like, I can't sleep in your bed because uh, who knows what would happen. I'm sorry, probably nothing. Yeah. Because we've seen you guys awake and nothing happens. Ever. Why Sometimes would sleep you change hug. anything? Yeah. I wonder if that's a cultural thing or if it's a writer thing where maybe the writers view hugs as so much more intimate. But even after their kiss, they hugged. <laughs> and that one was interesting to me. Why are you doing that? Is this hug an escalation of that kiss? Because it feels like we're dialing it back by hugging. I Yeah, maybe our American scale feels so different. But I would think a hug... I don't know. Obviously, hugs to us can be unromantic. Like, we hug friends and I hug people I've met for the first time. So... Yeah, pretty much never kiss anyone, so... Pretty much never kiss anyone. (laughs) But even if it's, like, with a romantic partner, a hug is so much lower mm-hmm. than a kiss. But, yeah, you're, like, you're going you're gonna to climax this scene with this great kiss and then immediately finish it off with a, with a hug? Okay. Okay. Bold choice. You know, I've also been a little bit less enthralled as time goes on with the outfits. Do you feel like they're dialing that back as well? They are dialing it back. I think you're right. We've still got some powerhouses. There Mm. were 
a lot of floral dresses in these episodes that I wasn't super crazy about. Um, that's me. She looks great in them, obviously. Mm-hmm. There is the scene in the library where I absolutely loved that look. She's got like a jean skirt and jean jacket with oh, yeah. embellishments all over I them. hated that look. See, and I loved it, but I knew it was going to be polarizing. It wasn't, it didn't feel like her. Yeah. It felt like yeah. a powerful look, but not like anything she'd worn before. And mm-hmm. I wasn't crazy about that. And then similarly, she had on a leather miniskirt on the rooftop of the hospital that I was like, has she worn miniskirts before? I'm like, I'm no costume designer, but I thought she was like the maxi skirt kind of gal. Yeah. And I don't know, her tight, she has worn like longer, tighter dresses. I don't know. There's so many things she can do. She looks great in everything, but I'm so into her gowns and that one pencil skirt outfit that she did the leather pencil skirt i'm still stuck on it (laughs) but her gowns are where it's at and she's wearing so many fewer gowns we can't get behind it fashion police are here we are on the corner we're about to make an arrest (laughs) if you didn't have enough gowns you should have staggered them and for that (laughs) you're going to jail you're going to jail um i'm still okay with john sung's outfits He's fine. I don't know anything about men's fashion, but I think he always looks great. Yeah. Yeah, he always does look really, really good. I like how consistently they change outfits. I think Chan Song has started to make fun of Manuel for her outfit changes, and it's interesting because I think he changes outfits almost equally as much. Yeah. Uh, You cannot track the days with outfit changes in this show because... I'm pretty sure they each change outfits about three times in a day. Yeah. If they enter the hotel, they're in an outfit. Then they exit the hotel in a different outfit and return to the hotel in a third outfit. outfit. (laughs) So that's fine, but makes makes time hard to follow for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, Did you cry during these episodes? So I'm trying to think, because I do feel like there was a few times that... I at no point cried, but there were a few times where I felt I felt that pull in in my deep emotions. I felt that little tug. There, the scene with Veronica, I felt like you were supposed to cry, but there was mm-hmm. no build up towards it. Yeah, we didn't know her. I don't know that bitch. <laughs> I don't know her. You had a video call that was so strangely uh, shot. I don't know, like no shade. I think it's a good idea. I think fake video chats in K-dramas or any show look so weird and fake. Mm -hmm. But you can tell he's, like, trying to keep the phone with its back facing the camera consistently through the scene where he's talking to Veronica, which also feels very stilted. Yep. Oh, Sanchez, we see what you're doing. Oh, Sanchez. (laughs) Uh, So I kind of thought your girlfriend was fake, and that's fine. But now she's dead, and I'm not going to cry. But I broke when we got the scene with the father and son. We talked last time about how we weren't that sad. Yeah, that one busted me a little bit. I felt it. I that's when I felt the tug was the that one was rough, and then the other little boy. What's up with all the kid death in this show? Oh my god! Yeah, 
I binge watched these, so I think I started crying when the father and son forgave the truck driver, and then I just couldn't stop. And uh, yeah, then another kid died, and what's happening? Why do you need to kill my kids? Yep. The uh, mother's reaction really sold that one for me, and that that was raw. I mean, like, how do you how do you even describe in words how hard it is to watch a mother losing her son? And that actress did a very good job of making me feel all the sad things. They did good, and I don't like it. Mm-mm, pass. Uh, did you recognize the dad, the doctor dad? I sort of did, but no, please tell me who it is. He was an encounter. He played the older doctor. Er, yes, encounter. He played the older doctor that went to the uh, war zone area that was in love with the other older woman doctor. What? No spoilers. An encounter? Not encountered. Not descendants. Yeah. Descendants. Damn. Okay. I got it. I got them mixed up. Those um, those what? two shows. Yeah, descendants. I didn't even recognize him. Wow! Like like I said, I was like, I should know that person, but uh, you put some gray in his hair, and I'm like, I nope, that's Who a stranger. That? Uh, take the encounter, the times I said encounter out in post. <laughs> I'm not a, as good an editor as you think. I'm sorry to everybody who has to listen to Raquel sometimes make mistakes, and then she says, it's okay, Emily will clean it up in post, and I never do because I'm not good enough. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's okay. It's okay. down, Raquel. I'm always going to call it out, but I by no means expect you to fix my mistakes. Okay, so. dope. Because I don't, and I'm sorry. That's but okay. I just, I just think you're doing great without <laughs> my help. Do you know who else was back? Who? Right at the top of episode nine, back by popular demand, <laughs> Coffee Ghost. Coffee Ghost, welcome home. Welcome home, and thank you for being me in the afterlife, being like, should I finish this novel? Uh, it's not really worth it because no one will ever read it, so maybe I should just go to the afterlife. But eh, I kind of want to finish it. But eh, maybe, <laughs> like, what's that Coffee Ghost? He did look like Coffee Ghost, and thank God for him. I'm pretty sure that was Coffee Ghost. We all know I struggle. I struggle with that face blindness, but I'm pretty sure that was my boy, <laughs> Coffee Ghost. And you know he stayed, and he was there for Veronica and Sanchez's goodbye scene. You know <laughs> you he know. was there. His favorite place is the Sky Lounge. That's where he haunts. That's where he writes. Apparently he's a novelist. We finally got his backstory. We never got an end to see whether he got on the bus. So we know he stayed and saw another lover's moment. Oh, I'm so happy. This show is so gratifying in so many ways, but Coffee Ghost is the number one way in which it's gratifying, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing that I was really hoping would be a thing, but I'm starting to suspect won't be a thing, I really wanted Chun Sung to be the reincarnation of the man of the past, very specifically because I wanted to, I'm here for the drama, bring me the pain. I was ready to see Manuel's conflict with falling in love with him a second time and having to reconcile that he was not the same as he was in his past life. 
And it kind of felt like they kept building towards that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like we said, we've not, we're not completely sold on Manuel being in love with Chansung, but we're pretty sure she would have some serious conflict if she found out he was the reincarnation of Changmyo. Yeah, who she wants to kill more than anything. How exciting would that have been? I know they're going to do a good job because they consistently do a good job and impress me in this show. <laughs> but why can't you just take our idea and do that instead? What like if- the Firefly thing is great, but just do our thing. Yeah, what if retroactively you rewrote the last four episodes of the show, four to six episodes of the show, and you made the Firefly not the thing? So, do our (laughs) thing, not your thing. Thank you. Thank you for your consideration. (laughs) Um, We had a good idea. We had a fan theory, and I don't know what's going on at this point. I am super happy that we met Detective Park, mm-hmm. and Yun-woo is in the show, and he's also not that much in the show. That's cool. Yeah. I did actually feel a little bit emotional when she was seeing Young-woo uh, yeah. Detective Park. I just, I really felt that, because it was the person that she regretted the most, or <gasps> felt the most guilt over. And then and you totally <laughs> called it! They were raised to- uh, Have we never seen a K-drama? Are we stupid? <laughs> To not be like, are they brother and sister? Are they lovers? They're both. They're always both. <laughs> We're so always both. Dumb. We've uh, we've watched so many K dramas, and they're always both. And we didn't guess it. <laughs> Next time, both. Next time, both. Okay, a pact. Next time, we guess both. Both. They're always siblings who yep. are not actually siblings, so that they can be in love with each other. I hate that trope. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> It's vaguely incesty. Yep, but it's divisive opinion. I hate it. Gross. Gross. But it's here, and uh, we should have seen it coming. We're idiots. We're idiots. It's fine. Prediction corner will continue happening, and we will continue getting it wrong. Except next time, we're gonna guess both. Both. We, you heard it here. We promised it. We're <laughs> gonna do both. Um, that was really gratifying, and I'm glad that we at least know where Chongmyung is. Like, he's not... Everyone keeps talking about how Chan Sung is going to bring him to Manuel, and I think they could have very easily been like, mm, where is he? You don't know. Like, all the other characters. Like, we got Mira and Detective Park just, like, showing up as real people in real life. So we thought that's what was going to happen. But I'm glad they gave us a little, like, he's been here the whole time. That's yeah. nice. He never even passed on. He never even got reincarnated. He's just a little bug guy. He's just a little bug. I've never seen a firefly in real per- in real life. Oh, really? In, re- in real person. I've never met a firefly in person. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have. I've met many fireflies. Back east. You gotta go back east. How do they look? Are they neat? They're neat. Um, they're a lot smaller than K-dramas make them seem. <laughs> Maybe in Korea, they're huge. Yeah, I feel like they don't look like stars floating around a lake. Uh, They're very, very small lights, but magical nonetheless. (laughs) You should come to Japan. There's a park in Nagoya, I think, that's really famous for them, and Jason and I never got to go, because we were there, like, the month after they did their, like, Firefly Festival. But there's a park that there's just, like, thousands of them, and I want to go. I want to go to there. 
That's the plan. We'll set it up. Yep, that'll be our big trip, our 2020 plan K field trip to see the fireflies. We should probably do it in 2021. We've got a lot going on in 2020. We do. We do. We should figure things out first. Yeah. I'm glad that we have one adult here. <laughs> Sorry, kiddo. Uh, <laughs> if your dreams for the future, the distant future. Um, I didn't mean to poop on your dreams. No, it's okay. We'll go next year, champ. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I live in Japan now. I should take you up on it if you're willing to fly up everything and go yeah. spend the last of my savings. Yeah. Go to Japan. It'd be a lot cheaper for me, but I'd feel a little guilty. We'll, we'll figure it out. Together. We'll come yeah. together so you don't have to fly internationally alone because that can suck. Yeah. I'd get lost for sure. Somewhere between Japan and America, I just... The first time I came to Japan, I lost my luggage, <gasps> and that sucked. Yeah. Did you ever find it? Uh, yes. The Sorry. So basically, rewind. Uh, in Las Vegas, when I checked my bag, homeboy was like, these will meet you in Nagoya. Like, see you on the other side. And I didn't know what customs were. I had never flown internationally, so when I got to Tokyo... I just waltzed right through customs and uh, did not get my bag and carry it through customs as you are supposed to do. So my bag sat on the trolley waiting for its owner until I boarded the plane and then my ticket was dinged and the flight attendant was like, you left your bag at the customs check. You're supposed to like take it through. And I was like, no, no, no. The the guy, the <laughs> Vegas guy, he said Nagoya, and she was like, "That's not how international law works." So go get they, your bag. They did it for me, which was very kind. That is nice. But they had to send me my bag. I think a day or two later, so I just didn't have a bag for a couple days. Damn. That's okay. But yeah, I won't let you fly alone because there's a lot of rules that you may not know. I know nothing. I am just a sweet little American potato. It's, you can stay in America forever. There's so many things to do there, and I don't think other countries know that. I think mm -mm. people in Japan are always like, yeah, I fly to, like, all the other South Asian countries all the time. And I'm like, that's flying basically internationally, and I never did that in the States, because there's so many states yeah, I have not seen even a reasonable fraction of them. I have seen a minute fraction of the 50 states of America. So we never need to leave. <laughs> um, that's a little pretentious, but anyways, there's rules to flying to internationally that Americans may not know because we never travel internationally. Yeah, I could use help. Yeah, and I'll come with you. I've only been to one other country, and it's Japan. And now I know how to fly back and forth from America to Japan. I have a lot of practice. We'll do it together. Nice. Nice. 2021. 2021. Here we come. <laughs> Anyways, um, this show is great, and I feel like we pooped mm -hmm. on it a little bit. Yeah. I feel like that's what the third episode of Play on K is, though. <laughs> the we love it so much that we hate it episode. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's almost flawless, so we have to find a way to just complain what we do here no one really taught us how to really review things so all we do is say i like this i hate this and then we end here at play on k here at play on k and we don't spend that much time saying i like this because we liked all of it 
Yeah, clearly it's very good, and we liked the entire thing constantly. There was no disappointment, but we did, from the depths of our soul, pan for little gold nuggets that we could harp on. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) We found them. We found the not even bad parts, just the parts that maybe weren't to our tastes. Maybe don't put your murder room behind a curtain, put it behind a door you lock. Remember when that dude slit his own throat? Uh, and survived it? That's hardcore. Yo. And then he threw himself off a building and protected himself with a curse, so... This dude, he knows how to be evil. Like, I'm in support of a villain who knows how to be a villain. Yeah, he's got it down. He's doing it. No qualms. Here we go. Be a serial killer. Do it. Put your murder room in behind a curtain. Slit your own throat. Create a curse. Have bottles of wine that are actually blood. Do it all. You want to be the worst? You can do it. Here's how. Here's how. He also had, like, some interaction with little baby Sanchez, and I think that was really part of the start of Sanchez being not just the comedic side character. Yeah, when Sanchez was like, yeah, one time I had mental health issues bad enough that I thought about killing myself, all due to a person who had convinced me it was the way to go. Dark Sanchez. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to hold it. Sanchez. Want to hold Sanchez until he feels better. He's having a rough couple of episodes. He's he didn't ask for time. this. He didn't deserve any of this. He just wanted to make pizza. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm definitely glad G1 is dead. Like, I'm glad he didn't stick around. I definitely thought he was going to escape the hospital and we were going to have a little cop show of chasing Soljivan through Seoul. A mini cop show. A little mini cop show in the next couple episodes. And I'm cool with it that we didn't because it's more consistent with the show we've got so far of like, yeah, now nah, he's a ghost. Back to Ghostbusters. Back to Ghostbusters. Get him, Grim Reaper. Who are you going to call? Man, Wall. And who's she going to call? Someone else. Yeah, someone else. Bring them along. Endanger people. I'm cool with it. I like that Grim Reaper. I think he's very attractive, so, like, give him more roles. I'll take it. Yeah, he's one of the tallest people I feel I've ever seen, and I don't know how (laughs) tall he actually is. I just get this feeling that he dwarfs everyone around him. I really appreciate that he wears skirts. I know that it's probably some traditional outfit, like how you don't call kilts skirts, Mm -hmm. but uh, I'm into it. It's a modern aesthetic. Yeah, here for it. You here look great, it. Grim Reaper. You look great. Wear your skirts. Sashay around. I love you. Go kill an evil ghost. Do your thing. Kill a ghost. Do the most. I might be low-key in love with Grim Reaper. I didn't realize it until we started talking about him. Square faces, I guess. Yeah, you like those square faces. I guess. <laughs> here we are. It's like when we watched Guardian slash Goblin, and I was in love with the Grim Reaper. But who wasn't? Yeah, you're still in love with that Grim Reaper. (laughs) I am. Love you, Lee Dongwook. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Long-time listener. (laughs) Um, God dang, this show had so much. (laughs) I know. I feel like we always focus on the wrong things. Mm -hmm. We're doing great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just focus on the things we want to focus on, like... My flying to Japan story instead of the show that we thought we'd talk about. (laughs) 
It was a small fraction, and I think it added a lot of uh, travel depth. Thanks, Ren. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for telling me about your travels to Japan. I can't wait till we go together. I can't wait till we go together. It's going to be so fun. Oh, It's going to be weird moving home this year. Yep. Raquel and I are both moving home. I don't know if we've said this on the podcast. Yep. Back to our, we're getting back to basics, going back to our roots, really reconnecting. Getting our cowboy boots back on. Yep. Connecting with our humble beginnings and um, watch out world because here we come. Here we come back to square one. (laughs) It feels great. It feels really exciting. Yeah. We're in a good place about it. Yep. I'm looking forward to it. Me too. It'll be nice to be back together. Yes. Yes. Talking about K-dramas, watching them in the same room. Our recording quality is going to go so much further up. That's Through exciting. Yeah. Maybe I'll start taking notes again so we'll actually talk about the show and not just like what's going on with us. Yeah. Or Raquel. maybe we'll just watch four episodes and then record, like way back in the good old days. Whoa, that's really back to our roots. That's some W stuff right there. Yeah, I remember Oh My Venus. We kept being like, there's a cliffhanger, and we really want to go watch the rest, so we're just recording this stupid podcast so that we can get back to watching. <laughs> Bye. Bye. That was, that was the good times. Yep. We're getting back to that. Except now the podcast isn't stupid. It's an empire. Yep. Welcome to our empire. <laughs> Welcome we- to empire. Mm-hmm. A fan cast. I've never seen that show. No, me neither. Um, say something really quick about uh, Hotel De Luna. <laughs> That's really relevant. You <laughs> put me on the spot. Um, the hotel itself or the show? All of it. Any of it. Any and all of it. Mm-hmm. It's just really good. And the lighting in the tree room has been consistently one of my favorite things to ever see. Yep, they did a good job with that. I also am sad on an aesthetic level and also thrilled on an aesthetic level that the flowers are starting to wilt because now it's just constantly raining flower petals and that is beautiful. Beautiful. I'm sad on an aesthetic level to let this show end, but I'm Mm -hmm. excited on a time level because each episode sometimes feels infinite. Yeah, it's a small eternity that we wrap ourselves in and live there forever. I'm excited and I'm sad. Yep. Just like Manuel. Just like Manuel. Oh, that's a good place to end. Let's go watch the last four episodes of one of the best K-dramas we've ever seen. Yes, I can't wait to see it. If you guys want to talk to us about the K-drama, hit us up at our email. We love to hear from you. We'll write you back. We might even use a little blurb of what you write in our bonus episode. Our email is playonkpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can join our discussion on Discord. You can access that through our Patreon, patreon.com slash playonk. And there you can find bonus content as well to see what else we're watching. Yeah, I think you can also access, correct me if I'm wrong, our Patreon from our website. Yeah, you can. Where you can also sign up for a newsletter where we just keep you updated on what K-drama we're watching next. We like to tell you about what's going on with us. Maybe someday we'll start telling you guys what our favorite K-dramas are. It's just going to be a lot of fun. Hit us up there. It's playonk.com. We are also on Twitter. We're at playonk. And there I've been tweeting... A lot of whatever is on my mind and whatever I'm a fan of, so it may not be as consistent content as uh, what you get on the show, 
But if you just want to know us better as people, say hi on Twitter. That'd be great. Yeah. And finally, head over to our iTunes to rate, review, and subscribe. And a five-star rating is so deeply appreciated. We'll even shout your name out and thank you personally, because we would love to just have that in our pockets. It would make our world. (laughs) Thank you, as always, to James Hevel for our beautiful, wonderful theme song. Thanks, James. We love it and we love you. We love it and we love you and we love you all for listening. We'll see you next week for the finale of Hotel de Luna. Okay, bye. Okay, bye.